Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing your little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. Me in a straight jacket. Welcome back to another episode of Dumb Playing by the Rules. My name is Janelle. And I'm Jenna. So what's been going on? I I mean, I talk to you all the time, but I forget we don't always have the conversations on here. Jenna and I had the weirdest conversation on Marco Polo last night, but we will not go into amazing. it at this time. It was amazing. <laughs> but- we were both alone. If you don't have Marco Polo, it's like basically like a video app, and the video can either stay there until a person watches it, or it'll say like... Like on mine, it'll say like Janelle is here. And so it's kind of like live. So I can like watch her say it and then I can respond. And so we were like both without kids. And so we were just like mom talking and it was just amazing. And it was so (laughs) weird. It was like the universe knew we needed it. And it just happened. She just got on and she was like, I'm alone in my car. I've got 12 minutes. And I was like, I've got 12 minutes. It's basically like voice texting, Mm -hmm. but easier because you don't have to try to find that little button to text with. (laughs) Exactly. So we don't have a huge update. We're just getting ready. What's new over there? Does Jenna want to give us her hip update? I feel like Jenna's hip update should be a segment. They told me I probably won't be able to run again, but we'll see. Um, We're going to find a way around it. I know. Like, I mean, I just appreciate someone finally being like completely honest with me and being like, this isn't really a realistic thing, but we're going to get you as far as we can. So I think that's important to bring up too, is that we're all getting to that age where our cartilage is starting to break down. And just because your doctor says, I think surgery would be best for you, which was what Jenna's plan was. And then we Mm -hmm. talked about, we we as a team discussed it more. We as a family discussed it more and decided that we realized after talking to some other people that she probably wouldn't be able to run after surgery either. Mm -hmm. And so now she's looking for alternative methods. So just know that if your doctor tries to shove you straight to surgery when something in your hip goes wrong, because my family has bad hips too. And also Jenna had a very adverse reaction to, um, was it cortisol yeah. shot? Cortisone shot. It cortisone yeah. shot. So mm-hmm. if you want to hear, ask her about that, oh privately go ahead. Because not everybody has a bad reaction. My family no. gets lots of them and nobody has trouble, but Jenna had a bad reaction. So just yeah. know that that is something to not just do flippantly as well. Yeah. Well, and I had a lot of doctors just be like, oh, we're just going to do like a, what do they call it? Like a sew tuck kind of thing in your hip and you'll be great. So and then tough. I had this when I actually went to the surgeon, he was like, I'm just gonna be tell I'm just gonna tell you like this doesn't always work for people. He was like, Now if I looked in there and I saw like this huge issue and your goal was not to run, but just be comfortable in your daily life, I would probably do it. But he was like, I cannot guarantee you this will let you run. And I was like, Okay. And he was like, Let's go back to PT. And then PT's like, go back to the surgeon. They just kept like flip-flopping. So I was like, forget this, went to my chiropractor who also has somebody who specializes in like sports rehab. And so I'm seeing both of them. And she was the one that was like, we might not run again. She was like, you are young for this, but like it makes sense because you were so active. If you came to me and was like, I have never been active. I've never had issues. This just popped up. It would be a different story. Yeah. Yeah. But I just appreciated her being honest. So 
that's my hip update. We'll get you back to, to running, I promise. But yeah. I think that it's a it's a good PSA for all of us aging mm-hmm. gals out here. Well, <laughs> and she even I'm made a good point. Yeah, <laughs> she was like, you know, she was like, people throw around, oh, I have a tear. Like doctors throw that around all the time. Yeah. But that's not always the issue. The issue a lot of times is like your cartilage and the stuff surrounding it gets worn away, especially dependent on how your hips are formed. Yes. And if there's anything rubbing, things get worn away. And that's mm-hmm. what's happened to me. And you can't replace that. So Yeah. That's what I didn't yeah. know either. My chiropractor, chiropractor corner, that's what we'll start calling mm-hmm. it. My chiropractor said that when he did my initial intake, he was like, oh, you have this whatever hip situation and it's genetic. And he's like, I bet all the women in your family stand like you. St-. He could just tell by looking at the way oh, I stood. Weird. And he was like, I be- and it's like, your hips can either be rotated too far in or too far out. And mm. that was such a Minnesota out. Oh, <laughs> out. <laughs> oh no. Minnesota, I like it. Stop. <laughs> um, but he was like, I guarantee all the women in your family have bad hips too, don't they? And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, this is like a genetic thing that just goes down the oh. line of how like your hip sockets plug into your pelvis or whatever. Okay. Yeah. We <laughs> all have so- impingement, which is like where you're it goes like it's a little extra bone on the edges. Yeah. Because my cousin so. has it too. Mm-hmm. So chances are my grandma has it because she's had hip issues. But yeah. So that's kind of hip town. So today mm-hmm. we're talking about getting ready for the rest of the holiday season. And something I hear from a lot of my girlfriends is my kids are so ungrateful. And I yes. felt it too. Um, I've said it. Oh, yeah. And I feel like this time of year as well as like kids' birthdays, which is all year, we really start to get fired up about this. And we're taught to be grateful, but that's not something that is a natural thing. It has to be taught, which I'll get into more. So today we're going to talk about gratitude in kids. And I I could almost apply this to people, not kids, because I know some adults that are just very selfish and not very grateful and just spectacular. Ooh, anymore. Jenna's so. going to roast some adults on this episode. I'm going to drop names. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> Aliases. Number one on my list. No. Let's call her <laughs> Susan. So around the holidays, kids can turn into what we call like greedy monsters. Yes. First of all, I like to remember that this happens every year. And we've started mm-hmm. to notice it with birthdays as well. My kids have birthdays that are like six months apart and yours have like, what, seven months apart? Yeah. They struggle when all the attention is on the other sibling and the other sibling is getting gifts and the cake is for the other sibling. And we really noticed that my daughter, who's three, really struggled with that this year with my son's birthday. So first of all, I think if you expect it and prepare yourself for it, like that's Mm -hmm. a great place to start. Like don't say like, oh, my kid's going to be grateful this year. We've worked so hard on all of this stuff and we're going to go volunteer all holiday season and expect a different reaction. And then we're going to show up at the family Christmas party and they're going to be so thankful for every ra- like raggedy mm-hmm. present that they get. Every I remember this being huge a kid. turkey on the table. Dude, like, I remember being yeah. a kid and one of my relatives would give us like a silver dollar every year. And Ooh. Okay, yeah, cool, but I didn't care. And yeah. people would get so mad about me not being excited about yeah. this like so I don't have like 
Yeah. Sorry, whatever relative, if you're still alive, but I would never care. And my dad would be like, okay, so when aunt so-and-so gives you the silver coin, you need to be appreciative and say thank you. And I would just be like, why? What do I want? A a money piece I can't spend. Like I never got it. And I was expected to like put on this grandiose performance and I never understood it. Mm -hmm. So if you actually research gratitude, especially relating to kids, humans in general are not born grateful. Mm -hmm. It's a feeling that we first have to teach our kids to recognize and name and it takes practice. So if you think about it like a feeling, it's not something that you can really teach. It's something they have to experience. Like in Janelle's situation, they might not experience it in the situation you want them to because it doesn't provoke joy and gratitude in them. And that's okay. We've all been there. We've all received that gift that we're like, maybe you were hinting for your husband to get you this new watch that you really, really wanted and you hint, hint, hint. And then he's so excited to give you this gift and it's a scarf. <laughs> like we all have felt that like disappointment, yeah. that belly drop, that heart sink. Well, shit, that's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So think about it with your kids, especially our kids are so passionate at these ages. They're so excited. There's so much surrounding them with Santa if you practice There's Santa. There's tinsel everywhere. Yes. There's treats and cookies and sprinkles and sparkles and flickering lights and you're at a rave and like now you're like sit down (laughs) and then they get these like catalogs in the mail that is like all these toys and they're circling 50,000 things through there and then they get for example a silver coin and if you think about this bright shiny Hot Wheels toy versus this silver coin they're not going to feel gratitude they're just not like we wouldn't either and so we can't expect our kids to when we've even felt those feelings of disappointment. And it's something that takes practice. And I want to just point out, it's not just practice at the holidays. And I think a lot of people do that. They're like, oh, we're going to go volunteer at a homeless shelter, or we're going to make bags for people, or we're going to adopt like a, those Christmas angels. But this needs to be taught all year long. Yeah. It's exactly like we do in school. You don't teach addition one day or one month and say, okay, my kid has mastered it. We in kindergarten, pre-K, first grade, second grade, third grade, we teach addition for years, all school year long, and then eventually they master it. So it it needs to be the same with gratitude. A little example is Ezra got hurt the other day. He got stung by a bee and we just happened to go to the library right after. And of course, he is my big feeling kid. He had also fallen and scraped his knee and I wiped it with a baby wipe. And if you've ever wiped a cut with a baby wipe that's actively bleeding, you know, it kind of like spreads. So it looked like this bigger cut than it was. It was really like those little <laughs> tiny dots. Yeah. And Peyton had fallen as well. She was fine. And so we go in and Ezra's like, goes up to the librarian and he's like, I got having the hardest day. It's just such a hard day. I got stung by a bee and then I fell and now there's blood and I'm just having a really hard day. And she's like, oh my gosh, I have a first aid kit. And I was like, oh, he's fine. Let me put some cream on it. He's okay. And I didn't just like take my kid out as they're injured. We had been at Barefoot (laughs) University, which is right next to the library. And we always do the library after. And he said he was okay to return his books and grab a new one, even though he was like, I'm not sure if I can make it. Like (laughs) those kind of things. Feeling faint. Yeah. But he really wanted a new book. And so 
It's right next door. So we just went in. And so then she's like, here, let me just get out my first aid kit and see if he wants anything. And I was like, okay. And he's loving this attention. And so she gets out like a little more fuss than you were giving him. Right. So she gets out this sting wipe and then she's like, I also have band-aids. And then of course, Peyton's like, I have a cut too. So I (laughs) clean up the kids and it's like all in front of the librarian's desk. So I have this like big pile of wipes, trash from band-aids, cream. And then she gives him like a sting thing. And then we were leaving and he was like, mom, that was so kind of her. Like, I just really appreciate it. And I was like, you know, like... Mm -hmm. You're telling me that, but you need to be telling her that. Like, maybe you can write her a note and tell her how grateful you are that she happened to be in there and that she listened to your concerns and all this stuff. And so he did, and he brought it to the library. She was so tickled that she brought out the other librarians, and everyone is like, Ezra, Ezra, Ezra. And you could tell he was all getting like embarrassed, but he on his own wrote her a note. And it was so cute. He didn't know her name. And so he's like, dear librarian. And oh my and he's God, like, I know. And he's like cuter. telling her like, you made me feel so much better. I'm so grateful that you were there. You could tell it meant a lot to her. All he did was write a note. And like, so we talked about like those feelings and everything. And I was like, and then he said, he was like, I felt good. And I was like, exactly. You were grateful for her. And now she's grateful that you acknowledged like what she did for you. And so it's something that we try to do all year and talk about all year because like I said, it's not just like a one and done. Okay, we're good. Gratitude, which from what I've like researched and Dr. Becky at Good Inside, it's no longer, what did it used to be? Dr. Becky at home? Yes. And now it's at Good Inside, who you've heard us talk about. I think because she started a podcast and that's called Good Inside. Oh, that's cool. She has a lot of posts that she puts out. She's really great about like seasonal stuff. So she'll do like gratitude. She'll do just holidays in general, big emotions. She talks a lot about like sibling stuff. So if you ever need any advice, go to her. She has a Mm -hmm. podcast, which I haven't listened to yet. I've only done her um, Instagram. And she talked about how gratitude – is connected to noticing. So in order to do that, you have to slow down and notice. And parents aren't even good at this. Mm -hmm. So if the parents aren't even doing it at home, then how are the kids expected to do this? So modeling it um, and slowing down and noticing. So for example... Have you ever – I do this like most nights and I don't know where it started. I'll, I'm excited. Especially after a long day. Is like, this going to be weird? No, it's not weird. It's not weird. I don't think it's weird. I always like shower before bed. So you already have that like warm, cozy feeling. And the second I get into bed, I put my feet in and you kind of feel like the cool sheets, but then like the warmth of the blankets. And it is the most satisfying feeling. And I sit there and I'm like, thank you. Like I just send it out into the universe for this warm bed, these soft sheets. And I go over like every aspect of what I'm feeling, like my touch points. If you have on pajamas, if you have on fuzzy socks, and then lay your head back on the pillow and feel like it catch your head and the softness of it, instead of just like hopping into bed. It is the most like yummy, warm feeling. I need to start doing this because I just like catapult into bed and don't remember anything. Exactly. Just because we're (laughs) not slowing down and we're not noticing. Yeah. I never. And do that with like, do that with your next meal, especially if it's a warming meal, like some kind of soup or pasta or anything warm, take a slow bite and like feel every single aspect of it. And you will feel so much better about it. And then you'll feel like this sense of like gratitude for that object or that meal or whatever. Or if your kid is sitting on your lap 
Look at every aspect of them and do the touch points. Maybe their thigh is on your knee and feel that exact touch point. Slow down and feel every aspect. Put their hand in yours and feel every little finger. And that feeling you get is gratitude, but we're rushing, rushing, rushing. Mm -hmm. So we don't feel those things throughout the day. And like, think about when you've been sick and you're parenting all day and then your husband or your spouse or somebody gets home or you put the kids to bed and now you can get in bed. And that feeling when you just lay down and you're like, I needed this. Yeah. That is what you should feel about a lot of things in your life. And when we slow down and do that, then we are more grateful for those things. Because honestly, like when I lay down in my bed and I think about that, I also think about not everyone has this right now. Yeah. There are so many people out there that don't or so many people that have to share a bed if they do, if they're fortunate to have a bed with three other people or four other people. Mm -hmm. Or there's a parent out there who can't lay down right now because they have to go to work or they have to take care of a sick kid or their kid is scared and they have to sleep in their tiny bed. (laughs) And so you get these feelings of gratitude and the more you do it and practice it, then the more it just naturally comes. And when you're around your kids, when you start to verbalize that, especially when it comes to like meals and food, your kids, you don't have to sit there and be like, Take a bite and tell me every aspect you feel. No, you model. Yeah. I, as a parent, will model that. Like I put on my sweater and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for this. It's so cozy. I love the way it feels. And I was cold and now it's giving me warmth. And I'm so grateful that I have a sweater. And I do mention like not everyone has this opportunity to have a sweater, and then your kids will start to do it. And it's really interesting. And they'll start I'm totally to notice. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I don't do any of this. I'm so excited. <laughs> and it sounds weird. It almost sounds like you're like on drugs, like where you feel every aspect of life. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, the world is so wonderful. Look no, at you're rainbow. just doing like- <laughs> natural LSD. You're exactly. not ingesting LSD. Yep. You're just portraying an ingestion of LSD. Yes. And then I've noticed that now my kids notice when other people don't, and then they feel feelings of sadness for those people and gratitude that they have it. For example, when we traveled to Salem, we did see a lot of people who did not have homes or clothing or food. And my kids were so sympathetic and they didn't just sit there and stare. They wanted to talk about it. They would wave and smile because they were like, maybe it'll make them feel better. Like, mom, do we have any like change we can give them, that kind of stuff. They wanted to know what all their like signs said if they were holding up a sign. Of course, they wanted to know how they got in this position, which I didn't always have the answer, but we gave the best answers we could. And it was just really interesting. They weren't just like, oh my gosh, look at that person. What are they doing? Or why is that person dressed like that pointing yeah. at them? Like They were genuinely concerned. And so it opened up a lot of conversations. And it's just really interesting. Like Even when we're in a car, I didn't even think about it. And they're like, mom, can you imagine like they don't even have a car. Like they can't just drive to the store. Even if they had money, they would have to walk there. And I'm like, bud, you're right. Like I didn't even think of that, but you are exactly right. So as parents, we need to be modeling it. And I'm not always the best at not lecturing because I feel like I have the right to as a parent, even though I know it is not effective. But it was also what was passed down to us. Exactly. I was going to say, I was so many episodes. Oh my God. I was lectured and I hated it. So I'm like, now I'm going to do it because. Yeah. But also I was in my reading about it, like lecturing does literally nothing. Exactly. And so we might as well skip it. And you know what it does do a lot of times is it makes your kids feel shame, which we've talked about a lot. So 
If your kids are not showing gratitude, don't sit there and lecture and be like, well, you know, people don't always have a bed. And so you should be grateful. I can't believe you're just taking it or toys. People don't always have toys. Not every kid gets a visit from Santa or gets a gift on their birthday. I can't believe you're not being grateful. Like that's going to elicit feelings of shame. And you don't want birthdays, holidays, celebrations, gifts to be connected to feelings of shame. But if you continue yeah. to do it, unfortunately, that's what happens. And I, think, I still I, have we've shame all done over it. the weird coin. So obviously yeah. it's true. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we've all done it. Now, Janelle, I think is better at this one than I am. Finally, is, something I'm better than you at. There's a lot. <laughs> Making no. kids say thank you. It's hard. It is just teaching kids. So when your kids receive a gift and they don't say thank you, they're not being ungrateful. We mm. are just expecting them to repeat a script. Yep. And that's not anything connected with gratitude. If you just want your kids to say thank you, all you want them to do is repeat a script. You don't want them to practice gratitude. Yeah. What we like to do is we like to teach all year, especially ahead of time, not the day of, about why people give gifts. So for example, grandma was walking through the store and she thought of you and she knew that you outgrew your coat last year because I was telling her about it and I sent her a picture and the coat was a little small on you. And so when she saw this in your favorite color, she thought, hmm, Ezra needed this. It may not be the toy you wanted, but remember grandma picked this because she was thinking of you. And whenever you're thinking of someone that's like gives you those special feelings, like we all want to be thought of. And so we kind of practice that with our kids. And I noticed this last Christmas, now that my son is older, he got more like keepsake type gifts, but he still wants toys. And there were two instances where he was like, thank you so much. Like it really meant a lot that you thought of me. And I was like, Oh, and afterwards he told me and he was like, mom, I tried the trick. He was like, I kind of was sad that it wasn't a Hot Wheels toy that I wanted. But then I was like, oh wait, they were thinking of me and they bought this and they spent their money and then they took it home and they wrapped it and they kept thinking of me. And then they brought it to my house and they were just thinking of me and it made me feel really good. And I was like, Ezra loves people thinking about us. He does. (laughs) And like the fact that he could connect all of that and like feel that, I was really proud of him because I don't even always feel that. Like, no. And it was really cool. And then he did hear my grandma at one point was like, so she brought the kids little gifts. I think it was like little snow globes. And she was like, I don't even know if the kids are going to like these. I just saw them and thought they were fun. I know they're not a toy. And I guess he overheard that. (gasps) And so then he went up to her and he was like, Grandma, like, thank you so much for this snow globe. I love it. I'm going to put it in my room and think of you. And then afterwards, he told me that he heard that conversation. And he was like, it kind of made me sad that grandma, like, bought this for me, but then thought, like, I might not like it and that it might not bring me joy. And so I wanted her to know that, like, the fact that she brought me something when she visited, it made me feel really good inside. And I was like, good job, buddy. And it just made me feel good. Like, it's starting to click with him. Of course, my daughter's like, Uh, Where's the candy? Where's the toy? Still at that age. So we just tell our kids like, it's okay to feel disappointed when you don't get something you want. And we talk about this beforehand and what it might look like. Remind them the point of gift giving. And we just tell them like, we kind of like role play. Like when we receive a gift we don't want, what might that look like? What might we feel? And what might, how might we react? 
And then we kind of go over it. Like I, as a parent, do not expect you to like throw it on the ground and scream and shout, I don't want this. Like that is not how we handle ourselves. It is okay to feel disappointed, but it's not okay to be disrespectful. And doing this again all year is my biggest tip. And I come to your (laughs) TED Talk every time. Um, I just, what you said is completely on point in that practicing it all year is very important. And remembering, which I think I've said on a previous episode, and I couldn't find the direct quote of this, but children are born selfish. Mm-hmm. That's how they come out. They're the smallest, smallest little selfish human beings. This is a child psychology um, they're theory. They're so cute. <laughs> they're so cute, but they, they have no life experience yeah. to draw off of. Um, it's just they, gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme the milk. Gimme uh-huh. whatever. Give me the food. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I need to nourish myself to stay alive. And then it just like translates into everything. They have no ability to understand, especially at like our younger kids' ages, even our older kids, which we have to talk to Zach a lot about, but they have no understanding of like the amount of man hours in work that goes Mm -hmm. into the monetary contribution to – they can't follow that path. Just like they can't read a chapter book from start to finish and follow a story arc. They just – have like little compartmentalized tiny human pod brains. And Mm -hmm. another thing that a lot of articles will touch on is that children aren't great at experiencing joy and pain simultaneously and not even joy and pain, but like a learning experience at the same time as joy. They're really only good Mm -hmm. at feeling one emotion at a time. Which most of us are, yeah. All of us are. I mean, we're able to hide it. Kids aren't and we don't really want them to. I think that if you like frame it up in terms of so you get a present that's disappointing to you, they aren't able to always apply Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed and also what should my behavior be. So we can't really fault them for a bad reaction. No. Um, But they also aren't always able to simultaneously feel joy from a gift and funnel that into a thank you. And so – I generally will – and I'm better – you said I'm great at not making my kids say thank you. I'm working on that one. I'm great at not making my kids say sorry because that is such a scripted. But I try to let them have the emotions of opening something. We just got a Halloween present from one of their step-grandparents a couple days ago. And I let them open it and I let them talk about it. And then I say to them, like, what could we say to X and X? While I like, if I take a video because yeah. they they don't see the kids, what could we say to them to let them know that we love the present they sent and how much time and thought they put into this present? So I try to like build the script around it. I don't just say like, what like do we that. say now? You have to just understand kids by nature come out not very grateful. And if you can keep doing what Jenna's doing and instilling like the small gratitudes, hopefully they mm-hmm. build into bigger gratitudes. Ezra is very emotionally intelligent. And Zach is still working on this. Zach has had a lot of, I don't want dad going to work. Dad's working too much. I don't want dad to go to work so much. And so we've had to do a lot of like, well, you know, dad goes to work because, you know, we have to pay for things. And right now he's very, it's his busy season at work. We say if dad was an accountant, he would have a busy season. Dad is in a very busy season of work right now. And we really appreciate how hard he works and how much he sacrifices. He wants to be with you every minute of every day, but he has to make sacrifices so that we can keep our life the way it is. And I can stay home and keep schooling you at home. And we have to make sacrifices and we can't 
be in every program because there's a limited amount of money and everything has limitations. And if we add another activity onto the page, we have to take one out and mm-hmm. kind of just talking about the sacrifices that are made in place of new things coming in. We also try to do a toy purge before Christmas and talk the whole time we're toy purging about would this toy make another kid happy? Would mm-hmm. this outfit make another kid happy? If this outfit is junky, like, which is yeah. something I've learned a lot about recently, do not donate your junk garbage clothes because people don't want junk garbage clothes. Yeah. They don't want junk garbage toys. Donate things in newer, gently used condition. That's my PSA for today. But would this jacket make another kid warm and happy like it made you warm and happy? Mm -hmm. Those things help kids part with things while being grateful for the purpose they serve to them and that they can help someone else. So we talk a lot about that when we're going through and donating. And we don't talk about like, this is going to go to a sad little so-and-so mm-hmm. at so-and-so place that doesn't have this. We just say like, would this jacket make another kid happy that could use a jacket? Maybe their favorite color is blue too. Yeah. And connecting those dots. And the conversations that we've had to have because we travel a lot and we, you know, we spend a lot of time downtown and you do have to have hard conversations, but we always try to explain to our kids that people without housing, they're not what you might hear in the media. These people aren't out here because they're X, Y, Z. Everybody has a different life experience and people are here because they've experienced things that every other person has experienced and they haven't been able to bounce back from it. I've even Mm -hmm. gone as far as to explain to Zach because when Mikey's not around, Zach's very like quick with like following stories. And I'll say to him, you know, when mom got really sad after Bumpa died, Sometimes mm-hmm. people, when they get really sad, can't break out of the really sad. And if mom had had a job while Bumpa died, mom mm-hmm. would have lost her job and mom wouldn't have been able to pay for her house. And yeah. mom, and if dad hadn't been here to help take care of you, mom might not have been able to help take care of you. And like, there's not like different levels of humans. Like, right. we're all kind of one step away from being. Oh, yeah. We talk about that. A queen or one step away. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been one step away from houselessness Mm -hmm. multiple times. And I've just gotten lucky. Josh and I were broken up once. And I I don't know what happened. But I was helping my dad pay some bills. And I was helping a lot of people. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm out of money. And Josh and I were broken up. And I had to text him and be like, I need to borrow $100. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have gas. My mom was in the hospital. I didn't have gas to get to and from the hospital. Like nobody is above anyone else. And I think that that helps them to understand the bigger picture of different housing as Mm -hmm. well. I agree. Two more things with that. Like it brought up something was when you was talking about like donating things, you don't have to just put them in a bag and donate them. A lot of times there's buy nothing groups or – X city moms, like our Powhatan moms, what are you like Chicago moms, stuff like that. They'll know of people who are struggling, especially around the holidays. And a lot of times you can personally give those things. Um, we've done the buy nothing page and my kids have received as well as given. They mm-hmm. were really struggling with giving. I mean, it's like, oh, this Band-Aid has a dinosaur on it. So I want to keep this Band-Aid. This we've had the wrapper, Band-Aid fight. Yes. This gum wrapper has a cool picture on it. I'm going to keep this gum, like everything. This toy is broken, but I still can kind of play with it. So I'm going to keep it. Dad's going to glue it back together. And I'm like, dad's never going to 
going to glue it back together. He's lying. (laughs) It will not last. So I first let my kids receive a few things from buy nothing. And then we've started to give. And now they're really connecting it. And Peyton was really struggling because she had, she got a balance bike from buy nothing. Anyone, this was during the pandemic. Does anyone happen to have a bike that would fit a super small? I think she was two at the time, two year old, but she was like able to do scooters. Like she's very motor advanced, Yeah. but the tricycles, her little legs were too short for. Somebody just gave us this nice pink balance bike and Ooh. now she's never used her tricycle. And so I'm like, but she did not want to get rid of it. And so I was like, Peyton, mm-hmm. like, first of all, like you asked for a bike for Christmas. If Santa brings that, like, we do not have room. You need to get rid of one bike. I don't care which one. And of course she tried to get rid of her brothers at first. Yeah. And then I was like, and then Can I get rid of my up, brother. Yeah. It, right. So then <laughs> we ended up giving it to a friend from our um, barefoot group and we actually got to give it to them and they have a two-year-old and Peyton was so tickled and she was just like, oh my gosh. And like talking to the little girl and like, look, there's this compartment you can put stuff in and there's a canopy and like all this stuff. And the mom was so grateful and it was just sitting in our garage collecting dust. And so she did struggle a little bit and then she felt so good after. And so Mm. we talked about like, this was the other point I was going to make, like those feelings inside and naming those feelings, not just, oh, did you feel good inside? Great. No, let's talk about what exactly you felt. Um, You should hear some of Ezra's descriptions. So we talk about the feeling like, how did it feel inside? Did you kind of feel warm, fuzzy? Were you, did you feel like a little excited? You're maybe you felt like a little bit of butterflies in your tummy. Like you can feel different things dependent on that. You might've even felt a little sad because you knew you weren't going to have it anymore. And that's okay. And then we label those feelings like, okay, you felt all of that about receiving a gift. That's gratitude. And you need to label it. Don't just be like, be grateful, be grateful, you know? And my last little tidbit is also with the holidays, Think about the situation. So if you're in a situation where your kids have been eating sugar and they've been playing with cousins all day and they've been doing all these exciting things and now they're exhausted and it's almost time to go home and Aunt Sarah is like, oh, but I have a gift for your kids. Let's let them open it. Your kids are going to either melt down because it's not what they wanted or be overly hyper because they're super excited and just think to yourself, would I be okay with either of those scenarios? And it's okay to say to Aunt Sarah, like, oh my gosh, Thank you for these gifts. This is so wonderful. I'm going to actually save them and I'll send you a video of the kids opening them because I just don't think my kids are at a great place right now and we need to get out of the house. And chances are, if it's a gift they love, you probably won't be able to get out of the house because they want to play with it with their cousins. They well, want to and show everyone. You're completely right. And you can also say like, I want him, which we've used, I want him to be able to fully appreciate this. And he's so tired right now that it'll be such a fun surprise in the morning. Can I send you a video of how excited he is? And we also do that with birthday parties. I do not believe saying it. I do not believe in opening presents at birthday parties. Let your kids, nobody wants to watch it. Yeah. No parent wants to watch a kid open birthday presents. No other kids want to watch that kid open birthday presents. If it's extremely important to your child that they see that kid open the present, 
ask the child early on if they would be willing to like step aside and open the present, but don't expect the big display. And I don't make my kids do the big display because I hate watching the big display. And then I send, I will take a video of the presents to the people I know it's important to, and then say, send a thank you to everyone else. And our parents really put us on a stage and pedestal and when you have to like open. 20 kids. Yeah. Well, I did let Ezra open gifts this year on his birthday, which was like the first time because, um, first of all, there was only three, party. <laughs> three families. And at this point there's yes. two families and he came up to me and he was like, I want to open presents. And I was like, well, like, let's wait till our friends leave and then we'll open them. And he was like, it's my day. You said I can do it. I want on my day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, touche. I did say that. And I, did. I said, I said, but the only thing is like, if you open these presents, you have to realize your friends are going to want to play with them. And you cannot say, I just got this gift. I want to play with it. You have to share it with everyone. And he did. And he was cool with it. And I was like, that's uh, see? okay. <laughs> I was you very set shocked. an expectation and yeah. it was a small party. I'm talking like that's I've true. gone to some like 30 kid parties where you're yeah. just like. There were four other kids there at this point. Yes. And so, but I and was like very you, surprised. But you set the expectation because I am, I am, I, when you told me you were, I assume when you said Ezra, you have to share that he would say, never mind, I'll open them later. Which he usually does. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So if you have any questions or tips, reach out. We will link Dr. Becky at Good Inside because she has great Or if you think we're being tips. complete idiots and we should be more appreciative and we should be and forcing sh- our kids. <laughs> nope. Send it. I want to hear it. I love some good, <laughs> constructive, rotten feedback. I'll take it. Say, attention, Janelle. Attention, Janelle. Janelle. Jenna, don't read. Attention, mm-hmm. Janelle. Guess what? You're yeah. wrong and you're a liar and <laughs> bring it. Do it. And with the holiday season, it's most important to remember to call your therapist. And take your meds.